Hello and welcome to the podcast. You're listening to Be Uncluttered. I'm Tara Tuttle and with me is Rebecca Mazzino and together we are going to help you on your journey to a life free of clutter. Hi and welcome to this week's episode. This week we are talking about something that I've been thinking a lot about. I'm trying to actually manifest some travel and I've done things like renew passports and stuff like that in the hope that I'm going to get to travel soon. So what we're actually talking about today is very much related to that and we're talking about packing and we're talking about how to pack when you travel. So this one is something that Tara is quite good at and so she'll be doing most of the talking and uh, we'll be talking about ways that you will be able to uh, pack so that you're a little bit less overloaded when you travel. Yeah, look, this week is Thanksgiving here in the States and Christmas is not that far away either. So, um, for and for you guys down in the Southern Hemisphere, you've got summer holidays coming up which is pretty Mm. exciting. So for lots of people in one way or another, this kind of next couple of months means travel. And I thought it would be really good, given it's travel is on everyone's mind at the moment, to figure out how we can pack a little lightly and travel a bit more lightly. And one thing I've really noticed while I've been traveling around over here is Americans are big on the just taking carry-on, where in Australia Mm. I feel like it's not, I mean, you would do it for a little, an overnight stay, but here um, there's a lot of people go, you know, decent distances just with carry-on. And um, yeah. it made me think, you know, it would be good to discuss how we can pack more lightly and then we'll come yeah. back next week and discuss exactly what to pack so um, we can cover it all pretty thoroughly. Yeah. And, yeah, I'm I'm big on the trying to travel with carry-on only sort of thing for quite a few of the benefits that we're going to to go into. So it is definitely something that's worth considering. I think that most people would agree that when they travel, they're far more likely to realise they've overpacked mm-hmm. and regret that than regretting underpacking. Mm. So I think that anyone who has travelled before and gone, I can't believe I brought all this stuff, or when they've unpacked, they've gone, oh, my God, I haven't even used half of this stuff that I, you know, carted all around the world for three weeks. So I think that this would be something that a lot of people can relate to and it can be a, a goal that a lot of people might actually already have. Yeah, so let's go through some of the benefits to being able to pack like lightly because like anything – if you understand why you're doing it and you can appreciate the benefits, then you're more likely to be committed to following that through with with good behaviours. So uh, what can you think of, Beck? Why should we take less when we travel? What, what do we get out of it? Probably the first one that comes to mind is the fact that you don't have to pay for checked baggage. So you can get cheaper flights or you don't have to pay extra if you do uh, take checked baggage or you can take a smaller amount of checked baggage, which could mean a lower cost flight or a lower excess cost as well. So that one's a really big one that a lot of the flights that have checked baggage only are a lot cheaper. So you can save money that way. Yeah, and there's all the little flow-ons from that too, like you don't have to wait at the baggage carousel at the oh, end, yeah, I, I, I feel like I've won the 
jackpot when I get off a plane and get back, get to walk past all those people that are standing there waiting. Yeah. And it's like, see ya, my holiday's already started. <laughs> I've got the first taxi at the rank. Uh-huh. Um, also, it means no lost luggage. And that's something I always um, kind of get a little anxious about when I get on flights. Mm. If I have um, checked baggage, especially if there's a lot in there that I feel like I can't live without, I quite often will yeah. take one set of, you know, clothes in my carry-on just in case I lose my check baggage. But I'm all, you know, like when we went to Alaska recently, I was like, if if they, if our luggage doesn't turn up at the other end, <laughs> this holiday cannot happen, you know. Um, I don't know how we mm. would survive it. So when you pack lightly and take everything with you, you're in control of all of your stuff. So there's no stress about losing luggage along the way. Yeah. And uh, my anxiety around that is usually only when there's a connecting flight. Mm. That's the time that it scares me. It's like, what do they do with my bags? Like, I can't see where they go. And they like, if they move planes or like, you know, and I sort of, I'm, I'm worrying, you know, do they, do they have it under control? Do they know what they're doing? Mm. <laughs> of course they know what they're doing, but it is an anxiety that's there in the back of your mind for sure. Um. The other thing is it's less likely that anything in your bag is going to break then. So if you're carrying mm. your own luggage rather than no disrespect to baggage handlers, but, you know, I... Well, we've all seen videos. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. If um, if I was moving that many bags around every day, I probably would be pretty careless as well. So if you are in control of your bags and taking them with you, then if you've got anything delicate in there, you know it will be looked after and less likely to break. So that's a pretty big plus as well. For sure. The portability of no large luggage or no excess luggage as well uh, is a real benefit because carting around two suitcases or three suitcases and a backpack or something like that is so much more difficult than carting around one backpack and a a roll-on carry-on. So it's much easier to move around when you have less luggage as well. Yeah, and that's really convenient for things like public transport and, or you know, connecting flights or if you're going mm. from domestic terminals to international terminals. But also if you want to stop somewhere, this happened to us recently, we checked out of our hotel and we had big suitcases um, because it was a long trip, but we wanted to stop and have breakfast between our hotel checkout and the airport which means we needed to find somewhere to sit that could not only take like our backpacks but also our Mm. big suitcases. So we had to find like a table in a corner of a cafe that we could kind of put them out the way and, oh, it was just annoying. So that flexibility, not only to like manoeuvre around people, walk through busy areas and, you know, get in elevators with other people (laughs) without, Mm. you know, like there's so much stuff but, yeah, to be able to stop somewhere to eat or drink en route to wherever you're going without being a pain in the bottom because you've got a massive suitcase that's got to sit somewhere, um, that's that's good. Yeah, and that, that sort of reminds me as well of when I was in Italy with my mum and we had a large suitcase each and a carry-on and, and a handbag or a backpacky kind of style thing. And a lot of the train stations in Italy don't have elevators and to change platforms requires several sets of stairs Mm. and it's hard work with all of that luggage getting it up and also um, 
another thing that happened on that trip to Europe is that we were getting off a train in Lancashire, Lancaster, Lancashire, getting off a train and my mum dropped her large suitcase on her foot. Mm. She ended up with a severe injury. <laughs> she couldn't walk for weeks, weeks and weeks and weeks. She had a massive hematoma and some other damage. But uh, that you know, if she hadn't had that big suitcase trying to get that off a train down a really large step, uh, she wouldn't have you know, had that accident. So, yeah, it would have been much better to have had just a, a light one that when she did drop it on her foot, she merely said, oh, and limped for 10 minutes and then was fine <laughs> instead of crying and um, and limping uh, for, you know, weeks. Yeah, one thing that um, comes into play for us as well quite often travelling with the kids is hire cars. So if we get to a destination and want to hire a car, we have to fit the four of us in. But if we have, you know, mm-hmm. even one suitcase each, plus a backpack, all of a sudden it's like we need a minivan to fit all of that stuff in because we might only need like a little, you know, hatchback to get around and do the travel we're planning on doing, but we need like some massive tank to fit all our luggage in. So the Mm. cost of the hire car goes through the roofs as soon as you start adding space for um, bags and stuff in the boot. So I think that's another cost, you know, saving that, that you get if you just take less with you in the first place. Yeah. I also like that for me, I like to unpack wherever I go, even if it's just an overnight. I don't know where that comes from or why that is, but I I like to do that. And lots of, you know, hotels and Airbnbs and places like that only have limited hanging space or, you know, a couple of drawers or whatever it is. And I I personally like that if I take less, I can get there and fully unpack, stick my suitcase somewhere, wear what I've got, and then, you know, easily repack again before I go. Where if I have a huge suitcase, I'm not going to go to all that effort. And I don't mm. I do not enjoy living out of a suitcase. I like to feel like I am home wherever I am, even if it's only for an overnight. So I will take everything out. So for me, oh, taking okay. less um makes that more possible. Yeah. I always take out my wrinkly stuff I don't want wrinkled mm-hmm. and then everything everything else stays in, although it doesn't go back in once it comes out. <laughs> yeah. So if I take something out, it gets, so I kind of slowly unpack over the course of a trip mm-hmm. and then have to repack it at the end. But uh, but yeah, you're right. It's definitely easier with, with uh, less stuff. And when you've got less stuff, you... I think you're less likely to lose it or misplace it. Um, there's just not so much to manage. So like we said, it's easy to repack, um, but it's it's easy to keep a handle on your belongings when you only have so many. Yeah, definitely. And also the less you have, the less washing that you have to do. There is a big like thing as well around unpacking and it happens to a lot of people but more it happens more to neurodivergent people if they have any executive dysfunction this is something that would be really really normal for them and that is unpacking avoidance Mm. and there are some people that find themselves basically not unpacking or not fully unpacking for sometimes months after they return home and so if you have less luggage it's a little bit less overwhelming that job Mm -hmm. and also if you're only taking things that you really need then those are the things that you actually need to unpack because you need them again when you get home so the smaller the suitcase the less likely you are to have unpacking procrastination as well 
Yeah. We've trained our kids really well now. It's like walk in the house, you're allowed to have two minutes for, you know, a loo break and grab a glass of water. And then you have to unpack your suitcase, like no phones, no TV, nothing happens because it's the same thing. If we just left it until when, our kids would probably just never wear the clothes again that they packed. They would just <laughs> yeah. stay there until they grow out of them. So it's like nothing yeah. else happens. Mick was the one that trained me on that one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we would get home from a trip and it would be like 11 o'clock at night and we would all be exhausted and we'd pull up in the driveway and Mick would be like, all right, everyone pitch in, we're unpacking the car. And I'm like, I can't wait to just do it tomorrow. <laughs> and he's like, no, nah, it'll only take a few minutes if we do it tonight. And that little push um, has become a habit now, so it doesn't bother me as much, but it used to be such torture to have to unpack the car immediately. We wouldn't unpack our bags until the next day, but we would unpack the car fully immediately. Um, that was like Mick's sort of thing that he could not be dissuaded from doing. Uh, and it really does help in the long term. Okay, so we know now why we should pack less and all the reasons that's good for us. But now we need to figure out how to actually do it. So my first piece of advice on how to pack lightly would be to choose the size of your case or bag first to match the purpose of your trip, not to match how much stuff you have to take. Because quite a few people will pull everything out that they think they need and then decide which bag it will fit into. And I feel like if you go the other way, um, you set those natural limits or boundaries that we are always banging on about. It's the same as your bookshelf or whatever else. If you think I'm I'm not paying for check baggage. I've only got carry on. I'm going to, you know, grab my little case on wheels and that's where you start. Then you can only fill that. Yeah, that's totally the way to go because I think that if you go the other way around, you're only going to fill the space. It's the same way, you know, if you buy yourself a bigger house instead of decluttering, then you just fill that one up as well. So it's exactly the same. Um, and it's also really important to pick a bag that is uh, light. Because if you're doing carry-on only, then the weight of the bag is quite important. Um, you have to make sure that you don't overfill it. And so if you actually have a bag that takes up a third of your capacity, because again, the carry-on capacity is a lot lower. So if your bag, you know, your bag could take a third of that. So try and pick one that's really light. Also think about what you're going to be doing when you are there and what the place is is like that you're going to. If you are being dropped off to the airport and picked up and you've got no commutes and no long walks anywhere, then you might be fine with like a backpack style bag or a bag with like a shoulder strap, like an overnight bag rather than a case on wheels. But mm. um, if, if you've got long stretches or you've got a whole lot of commuting or walking, maybe a bag on wheels is more, you know, convenient or is less likely to hurt your shoulders or your back if you're going to uh is it santorini in greece which has got all the stairs mm. everywhere mm. you know even if you're taking a little case on wheels maybe that's that's unless you're going to pick it up and carry it once you get there up all the stairs um you know in that scenario a backpack might be better better but you just need to think about you know what's what's going to happen when you get to the other end as well about your bag um, and, and what style might suit you best. Yeah. And, you know, if you are going to be sort of getting around, let's say you're going to Thailand, you're going to be getting around on a scooter, then 
you know, you are going to need something that you can strap to your back or that you can easily strap to a scooter or something mm-hmm. like that. Um, and again, if you are sharing a scooter, you need a backpack that will also strap to your front because if you've got two people on a scooter, you need one with a backpack on their front and one with a backpack on their back. Um, so there's little little considerations like that as well as how you're going to get around and how is that going to affect the, the luggage that you take also. Another tip I have is not to pack in a hurry because this, other than being massively stress-inducing, it kind of gives you brain fog about what you know what to pack. You have far more clarity about what's essential if you are packing with time to spare um, and even possibly time to revisit what you've put in. So I think if you allow yourself, you know, even if it's 48 hours out to to pack your essentials or to write a list, you know, write a packing list um, and come up with those things first, consider all your best options. Um, it just avoids that packing panic at the end and because when you're in that zone, you just throw stuff in without thinking and then you're mm. going to run out of room or end up needing to take a bigger bag to fit it all. Totally. I always start packing at least three days before I'm going to leave because I am forgetful. And so it gives me time for my brain to go, hey, what about this? And hey, what about that? Whereas if I packed at the last minute, that would happen at the airport or on the plane. Mm. Hey, you forgot this or hey, you forgot that. So I have that little time for my internal um, brain alarm to go off before it's too late. So we, what I tend to do with um, the whole family does it, but we'll often get um, a suitcase out a few days before and I usually put it in the hallway um, or we put, we sort of line all of our luggage up in the hallway and everyone starts just putting stuff out there that they're going to take. Um, often it all comes out on the day we're leaving or the day before, but I often start earlier and I just start sticking stuff out there. Um, if it's just me, I can do that in my bedroom. And so, you know, we have to kind of walk around a suitcase on the floor open with bits and pieces in mm-hmm. it for a few days. But, you know, having it there so that I can add to it whenever I want or, you know, it's on my mind all the time um, for a few days at least, it's really quite helpful. So I've seen your camping list that you, when you pack oh, yeah. to go camping, that's pretty impressive. Do you do the same thing if you're traveling? Do you, will you write a list and tick it off as you go? Yeah. Yeah. I have to have a list. My brain doesn't cope without a list I always forget things Uh, and my kids probably as well uh, especially Ethan he's got a memory a bit like mine Zoe is probably more likely to not forget anything she went on a trip just this week actually and there was she asked me just before she left am I forgetting anything and I'm like dude you're asking the wrong person here but I ran through a couple of things and there was one thing that she had forgotten so she jumped up and ran and got it but a list and she obviously hadn't worked off a list but that that list and again start writing the list two, three weeks beforehand because, again, you will get little reminders as you're thinking of things like, oh, I need to put that on my list. So the list needs to be done early. And you can actually make a list that you can have as a recurring one. Mm. So you can have a template for a list which is your every like your packing, your, your always packing sort of list, and then you can customise that depending on the trip each time. But if you've got a core master list, you don't have to keep remaking it every time as well, which is what I do with the camping one. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, we pack from a list too. And in fact, that's how I've tried to get, you know, when the kids were younger, I would pack for them. And then it got to the point where I would write their list and let them pack for themselves. Mm. And now I'll say, you know, 
right? You sit down, I'm writing my list, you write yours at the same time. There might be things that I'll put in that they're like, yeah, I don't need that. Um, mm. To the point where, you know, and I used to go and check, <laughs> but now I don't. And we've there's been we've been on a trip where one of the kids forgot to pack any underwear. It was on their list. <laughs> they ticked it, but none was in the case when we got there. So we had to go and buy new underwear for them when we got there. But um, it's that whole thing about I don't want you to move out of home one day and have never packed yourself, you know, because it's a skill yeah. and it takes time yeah. to learn. So, yeah, yeah I love the, yeah. Love the and list. And I think the list thing, yeah, I think the list thing is um, a really helpful idea on all counts. Mm. So next week we'll discuss the kinds of things to pack to reduce your over, overall volume. But um, one tip that I would give now about how to pack would be to use, you know, some kind of folding techniques to make the most of your space. So um, a lot of people advocate rolling um, and that rolling mm. their clothes is better than folding them, that there's fewer creases and more, you know, space saving. Are you a roller, Beck? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I tend to roll a lot or or file fold um, depending on the item. But for the, like, underwear, I just file fold. Um, but bigger things, I like jeans, I always roll because they crease mm-hmm. so much less when they're rolled. And uh, But, yeah, I think most uh, I think most of my things I would say that I, I roll, yeah. I mean, you can't roll a bra, so you've got to squish, find room for that yeah. one. But most things you can. Um, I will pack with packing cubes quite often as well. Um, just because I like to be able to see at a glance where everything is and makes me feel organised. Yeah, it's got that. For me, I like the idea of packing cubes and I have some packing cubes, but in reality I find I'm much happier without them. So I've kind of given up on that fantasy of opening Mm -hmm. (laughs) the suitcase and just having like all these beautiful neat little packages. I prefer instead to open it and see my beautiful neat rolling yeah <laughs> but uh, by folding but for some reason yeah I love the packing cubes in theory but just in practice they don't seem to work for me but again it's one of those things that it works for some and not for others it also is a bit uh counterintuitive with my tendency to want to unpack everything wherever I go because part of the yeah. reason that it helps you feel organized is you can look in and see the packing cube that says tops and see the packing cube that says socks and underwear or whatever. And you know where in your suitcase to go to grab those things. But um, recently we did like a multi-city trip and I didn't unpack. There was, we had um, some cold weather, we had some warm weather and we had some in between. So we had like all sorts of stuff. So when we would get to the location, I would unpack all the stuff I needed in that city for that climate and then leave the rest. So that in that instance, Mm. the packing, the combination of packing cubes and unpacking completely was convenient. Um, But yeah. And then because you can also get, if you're really tight on space, you can get the compression packing cubes or like the vacuum storage bags. to really shrink things down. And the the only thing with that is everything in there is really creased at the other end. Yeah. It, it's good for parkers, like those light down parkers and things like that because they compress quite well and they don't really get overly wrinkly because they're just all polyester. But, um, yeah, you're right, the more you compress them in those bags, the, the more likely they'll come out really wrinkly. The only time I've used them um, – is when I've travelled somewhere and I knew that I was going to be buying stuff wherever I was going and so I took them empty in the bottom and then when I had to do 
I did a two-week trip um, to LA to see my friend from Australia a number of years ago and we wanted to do a big clothes shop and I wanted to buy a new handbag and there was a whole bunch of things on my list. So I took some of those compression bags, got there, and then at the like the last day before I flew out, put a whole stack of my stuff in there and shrunk it down because then when I got home it was all coming out and going in the laundry anyway to be washed yeah. so it was no big deal. Um, so it saved space on the way home so I could put in all the new stuff that I'd bought. Um, yeah. So I think there is a a place for them. Yeah, definitely. And you can also even um, use them for things that it doesn't matter if they get wrinkly, like your underwear and all that. You're not going to get a a high compression Mm. from those kinds of items. But underwear and, you know, if you're taking a towel, like one of those micro travel towels Mm -hmm. or something like that, those kinds of things can definitely go in a vacuum bag for the whole time. Yeah, absolutely. Um. One thing to remember if you are packing just carry-on or in a small bag is that there are most likely going to be things touching each other. You're not going to have all the different um, sections necessarily that you might have in a bigger bag. And with that small space, you also don't have the luxury of things like shoe organisers or containers. So you might have shoes potentially rubbing against your clothes. So rather than packing um, individual containers for things like that, think about other ways that are less heavy and less bulky that you can protect things from touching each other. So, for example, if your shoes are dirty on the bottom, you could use shower cap to cover the shoes um, because the elastic Mm. will kind of uh, hold it on the bottom of your shoe or um, like little cloth bags and things like that to separate shoes from dirty clothes and that kind of stuff as well, just so that you can you can still pack it all in there together and not worry about stuff touching each other. Hmm. My trick is to not take anything extra and to pack my shoes with the sole against the edge. Mm-hmm. So I push the sole against the outside of the bag. Yeah. So I kind of have like a, a frame of shoes mm-hmm. <laughs> with my clothes like in the middle of them. Speaking of shoes, another thing you can do is use up some of the space inside them by putting smaller items in there like underwear and socks and uh, stuffing them in there. And another tip on shoes is to put them at the, well, depending on how your bag is, if you're framing them like you were doing Um, that might work. And if it's nicely packed and pretty tight, I guess it will keep them all there. If you've got a bit of space in your bag, which you might not have if it's, um, if you're only taking a small one. Space in a suitcase, what's that? (laughs) You could put, well, see, that's the thing. If you have an intention to purchase anything, you might leave. Yeah, see, I'm not a big shopper. So I I always take more, I usually take more over than I bring back. (laughs) I usually lose something or other. Um, Then you, yeah, because I would sometimes will try and pack and leave 25% empty if I'm intending Mm -hmm. to acquire something while I'm away. But yeah, so if you've got that space in your bag, pack the shoes or anything else heavier at the bottom um, because if they're higher up in the bag or, you know, closer to the top, they're going to, you know, weigh things down and compress them even further, which while that might be good for space, might end up giving you a whole lot of creases on your clothes and stuff like that. So Mm, pack the heavy stuff at the bottom. Speaking of heavy stuff, if you can, wear the heaviest stuff when you're traveling. So when, especially for the flight. So if you've got like a massive big pair of hiking boots, it would be better to wear those on the plane because they don't get weighed then. Uh, And um, instead of wearing your, you know, your light 
runners um, or your sandals, uh, wear the heaviest ones on the plane, which reduces the total weight of your bag as well. And the same can go for coats or jeans. Um, if you have heavier outfits and lighter outfits, wear the heavy stuff. And I quite often will be known to even in summer have a coat on going onto a plane. And then once I'm on, I will take it off and shove it under the seat or put it in a locker or something mm. like that. Um, because if I want to take a coat, there's no way it's going in carry-on because that'll be the whole the whole bag full. Yeah, exactly. Especially if it's a big parker, mm. uh, which, you know, obviously you look a bit stupid doing that on the plane, but it's better to, to look a bit stupid. But uh, yeah, it, it's, it, if it's cold where you are, or if you get cold on the plane, then yeah, layer up. Wear as much as you yeah. can. <laughs> wear everything. The wear more everything. you wear, the less. It's, wear everything. Yeah, I actually saw a skit. I reckon I saw a skit or a cartoon or something about that once. About someone just wearing everything on the plane so they didn't have to to, to pack a um a bag at all. Um. So obviously, depending where you are and how you're traveling. Um, if you're going on a flight, the liquids need to be small sizes. I think it's 100 mils or less or whatever. Um, so obviously. Yeah, for international. Yeah, yeah. you're only packing um, packing little ones. Uh, and again, because you, you might not want to pack um, like a big bulky uh, toiletry bag or anything like that, you might pop them in Ziploc bags or like little cloth bags to catch any spills and things like that. Um, but I, one thing I would say is if you can, um, don't take stuff that you could buy there. And it seems inconvenient, but most, and, you know, I don't buy uh, toiletries at the airport because they're 10 times the price. But mm. um, depending where you're traveling, if you know where you're going or you're going through a big city, chances are you will find a pharmacy or a grocery store or something like that pretty easily when you arrive. So your first stop in the new location can be to stop off and pick up a couple of, you know, bars of soap or shampoo and conditioner or, you know, moisturiser or whatever. Um, and that's only mm. if your accommodation doesn't provide them because some places will and you can call ahead and figure that stuff out and then you don't even have to factor in taking body wash and lotion and soap and all of that. Mm. And I, I don't know if this is a given and everyone's going to be like, well, duh, we're not stupid, Rebecca, but don't take the full bottle. If you do take it, don't take full bottles. So if you are very particular about what you use and you are pretty sure you're not going to be able to find it in a pharmacy where you're going uh, and you do take stuff, definitely don't take the full size of anything. And also be aware that we tend to overestimate how much we use of something. You know, I've taken little sample pots of moisturizer before and I've put all this moisturizer in and I, you know, I've then realized when I get back that I put about five times the amount that I actually use. And so, you know, I ended up taking more than what I needed. So we actually do use smaller amount of things than we think we do. And so that's another thing to do is like, just do not take full size bottles of anything. I um, will quite often get up crazy early before we travel. If our trip is less than a week, because I only wash my hair once a week, I'll get up crazy early the day we're traveling, wash and dry my hair and straighten it. I'm like, that's it. And I take nothing, hair stuff. You're done. I won't even take a brush sometimes. I've got fingers. That's the same as a comb. Um, <laughs> oh, God, I wish I – my hair gets naughty looking at it. I could not go without a brush. It would be like a matted, <laughs> matted greasy bird's nest after about three days. I might, I might take um, – I'll take like a hairband possibly or 
like one of those alligator clips if things get desperate. And I usually always have mm-hmm. a baseball cap with me or a beanie um, if it's cold. So, like, worst case, if there's hair disaster, I've got a hat on. Um, but, yeah, I will I'll make sure my hair is done before I go if the trip is anything like a week or less and then I just don't do my hair. So I'm like there's shampoo, conditioner, That's hair products, brilliant. straighteners, all of that. Don't need to take it. Yeah, mm. and, uh, yeah, I definitely do. My hair is much more high maintenance than that, unfortunately, which seems really weird because I have like a third of what you have. But anyway. <laughs> um, the other thing I would say is just take a careful look at the stuff that you regularly carry uh, and check if you actually need it. So if you are taking a handbag or a, a purse with you um, that is one that you normally carry around, just check in there. You might be able to take out a bunch of the loyalty cards, the spare makeup or yeah. organizer stuff that you, you know, all the packets of tissues and gum and stuff that you would normally take. You might be able to take a bunch of that stuff out um, and and create some space in your in your handbag as well. Um, to fit other stuff in there. Um, do you even yeah. need to take cash with you or could you? can you just use cards while you're away? Um, there's lots of ways that you can kind of cut cut down how much you actually take to save some space. Yeah, for sure. There's heaps of things that, you don't, that you're not going to use um, that normally live in your wallet. And what I've done as well is I've even just taken a completely different wallet mm-hmm. or not taken a wallet at all mm-hmm. and so then there's just you know a, a few things that I put in a Ziploc bag and I s- shove somewhere and I carry it in a pocket or, or something mm-hmm. like that or in a pocket of my backpack uh, so that that's something as well I could just get rid of that particular item altogether especially if you're the type of person to carry one of those really big purses mm-hmm. by purses I don't mean like the American purse I mean Australian purse so like um, wallet if you carry a really big one of those normally uh, it's, they're usually quite heavy mm. so I would definitely ditch 90% of what's in there and just take what you mm. need absolutely okay so I think we've covered a few of the how to packs and certainly why we want to pack less so if you're traveling this week good luck let us know how you go um, otherwise come back next week and we will talk in a bit more detail about exactly what to pack how to reduce you know the volume of clothes how to figure out what you're taking and what you're leaving at home so come and join us next week for that and in the meantime if you've got some fun packing stories or any tips or tricks come and share them in our facebook community and then we'll be back with you again next week Thanks for joining us. We'd love it if you'd leave a review or tell all your friends about us so that they too can be uncluttered. If you would like to connect with us, you can find us at beuncluttered.com.au or on social media or on our own websites at rebeccamazino.com.au and basklifecoaching.com. Mm-hmm.